Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. I'm Jeff Jones, and always with me is... Steve Foster, how are you doing, Jeff? Good, how are you? You know, Steve, we're doing something special this time. In fact, this one's probably going to get posted pretty fast because it's going to be a no-edit podcast because we're doing a video version. You can all find that on the rangestore.net YouTube page because we have Bridget and Emily Cumlingham. Okay, let me try that again. See, I, I'm saying we're not going to edit, but we can edit. Bridget and Emily Cunningham with us today. How you doing, girls? Good, how are you? Wonderful. So let's get right into it. Uh, you guys traveled how many hours to get to the Florida State Steel Challenge Championships? I think it was around 20. 20 hours. And did you, you must have got a good night's sleep beforehand. Of course, you're in your own uh, camper. What's the name of that camper again? Rafter. Rafter, yes, that's it. Okay. So you got a good night's sleep. And uh, Bridget, why don't you share with our listeners that don't know uh, how it went for you in Rimfire Rifle Open? I was able to shoot at 59.55. 59.55. And, you know, guys, Bridget's very humble. So I'm going to applaud for her. And I'm going to tell you that that's the first time a female has broken 60 seconds. And so, again, she won it. And kind of like when Mackenzie won the Worlds, everybody got beat by a girl and you know that's going to become more than norm you girls are really turning it on and emily you had a pretty good match too right yes. emily use your big girl voice speak up <laughs> <laughs> master class with carry optics that just got updated today i was really happy with and i just have to get that up to the gym and i'll be able to have some Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, you guys are both at six right now and working on those sevens. I think, uh, Emily, you're shooting carry optics and Bridget, you shoot production, right? How do you like shooting the center fire guns? That's what I've been focusing on lately. How do you like it? I like I like going out of the holster. You like coming out of the holster. Okay, sounds good. You broke up a little there, so make sure you speak up. Steve, you got anything you want to ask the girls? Well, I want to turn back time just a little bit. Let's talk about the world speed shoot a little bit, because I was asking David. I said, didn't we have the girls on after the world speed shoot? And he said, no. And I said, oh, that's my fault. So, Emily, do you want to kind of share your accomplishments at the world speed shoot? Then we'll kind of talk a little bit about more about the Florida match. Yes, sir. I was able to get into the 60s for the first time with all four of my rifles, and I ended up taking – top overall lady in all four divisions as well which Heck is yeah that's what they right right it's steve you can't see the video but centered right in between them are all of the category awards and then we've got awards on the wall um your dad's going to have to put on an addition to get more wall space for all these awards <laughs> So let's talk a little bit more about that performance, Emily, because I know we spent some time together earlier in the year, and I shot with you in Georgia and then shot with you a couple of other times. What do you think it was about the World Speed Shoot that, uh, you know, you really stepped up your performance just to knock it out of the park? What do you attribute that to, or what was your mindset going into the match? 
Honestly, I wasn't planning on getting to the 60s at all at that match. I figured it would actually be a few more months before I was able to do something that vague for myself. And I think just going to Alabama and being at the same range really helped me a lot because I was able to calm down once I got to Worlds. And just something, it was actually at the Alabama match where I first had my mental connection to my physical shooting still skills that allowed me to get to that point. So it was honestly just the mental finally clicked for me. Let's talk a little bit more about that, the, the mental side. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, the mental side clicking with the physical side. What does that mean? It means I've always known that I could pull the trigger fast and hit the targets if I wanted to. It's just I couldn't keep myself calm enough for an entire stage and have yeah. the to boost up with that consistency because I've always had a good amount of consistency, I believe. It's just yep. I never had the confidence in my shooting to push forward to that little extra point and show myself what I really could do. And around the time of that match, I finally decided like, okay, you're ready for this. It's time to actually do it. And that's just whenever it clicked. Yeah, you picked a good time to turn turn up the juice, that's for sure. <laughs> and so, Bridget, while you were watching your sister, because you shot exceptionally well as well, but when you saw that your sister Emily just won these four ladies world titles, what what was going through your mind at that particular time? Honestly, a part of me would, was disappointed in myself because I could have done better, but on the same side, I was happy for my sister for all that she accomplished at that match. So I was just Absolutely. Really cool. Yeah. You know, Steve, I was, I was joking with the girls before we started that we've actually got the Venus and Serena Williams of shooting right here. <laughs> And uh, I meant that absolutely as a compliment. They've uh, they've done a lot in tennis, and you girls have done a lot. And I think you've got a lot more uh, more coming in the future. You know, we got worlds coming up here in April. Um, before that, we got the Georgia match. I believe you guys are lucky enough to shoot with me on one of the stages. You know, one of the, the sessions. So you know, I'm looking forward. Oh. Was that a yippee I heard in the background? <laughs> I think I think Bridget kind of threw up in her mouth a little bit. So, uh. <laughs> so so congratulations, Emily, and then Bridget, congratulations. I know you know a lot of people have said, as Jeff just did, you know, hey, first time that a lady did it, but heck, there's only been a handful of people, or maybe we're up to six or seven people that have even broken sixty. So that's a huge milestone. So congratulations. Thank you. What? Uh, Let's talk a little bit about your mental preparedness and how did you, how were you able to achieve that type of result? Uh, when I started shooting that morning, I was, I didn't, okay, first of all, I didn't have any expectations for the match because it was the first one of the year. So I mm -hmm. wasn't sure what I would do. When I started shooting, I was just having fun with the squad and talking to everyone. And I would just put the times in my phone, but I wasn't really paying much attention to them. And then I finished shooting the fifth stage when I noticed that I could shoot like a 59 I saw. So I was like, okay, I only have two stages left. I can do this. But after the seventh stage, I was sure I wouldn't be able to do it. And then I did on the last one. So really I did what I normally don't do. And I just wasn't worried about my performance as much as I usually am. 
Sure. What stage, sure. What stage what was, did you end on? Outer limits. Oh, okay. So you had to put a, a, a good time down on one of the toughest stages. Yes, sir. It was and looking, looking at the, uh, uh, the data here that I pulled up, uh, that turned out to be a personal best for you. Yes, sir. Was it a nine? I'm, I'm driving right now, but what was it? A 979 somewhere in there? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So, uh, you know, Jeff wants to know, he wasn't going to ask it on the podcast, but he said, hey, Steve, could you bring it up? So did you rub Chris's nose in it that you beat him? I'm just saying, we're all friends. <laughs> I, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm giving you a hard time. No, it's, uh, it, it's impressive not only to uh, have shot a 59, 55, but, you beat the world, uh, the reigning world champion, and Chris is an amazing, amazing shooter. And uh, to take him out like that, that's that's awesome. And I know he's happy for you as well. And so when that was going on, and you know Emily, I think took first place in carry optics and PCCI, and you know I think your PCCO time was like a 62.95-62 somewhere in there, which is uh, you know a phenomenal score. Um, and Emily, what were you thinking when when Bridget set that amazing time and uh, shot the fastest time in Room Fire Rifle Open? I was actually still on my last stage, and my dad came up and told me, and I was about to go up and shoot, so I was kind of in a rush, but I was really proud of her for it. Now he gets to talk to her about it until almost an hour later, but I was just really proud. I've been waiting for any female at all really to just finally get into the fifties and break that barrier yeah. for us. So I'm just really proud that it was her. That's, that's awesome. And it, it takes a level of discipline and it's really having eight good stages without a train wreck here or there, you know what I mean? To, to shoot at that type of level, which is, which is absolutely fantastic. So, you know, I, I know that both of you train on a regular basis. Can you walk us through what your training regimen is maybe in the last three, four months after the World Speed Shoot? Normally, we'll shoot one or two stages, especially with the ammo shortage. One or two stages, technically only one time, but we shoot probably 10 mags through it with each gun. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. do we split it two days a week, one rimfire, one centerfire. But before matches, we've done three stages in a day, and we just shoot it one time, but maybe 10 mags. You know, but I was talking – hold on. I was talking with your dad, okay? Prior to this match, when was the last time you shot a match? Like a state match. Like, no, not a state match, but just, I mean, not a local match, a big match. He said it was something like two months because you guys were hunting during hunting season. It was. We took, we pretty much actually literally all of hunting season off. We didn't practice or anything at all, which ended up helping us, I think, calm down and get our mental stuff straight. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, as much as, you know, I love to go out and practice and, you know, again, with the ammo shortage, it's kind of tough to go out there and have a six or an 800 round practice day because you look at it and you go, geez, that's three matches. I just shot in practice and you, you got to keep your practice up. But I think there's something to be said for at times 
taking a little bit of time off, having some other interests. Uh, granted, you were hunting, so you were still doing something gun-based, although you were clearly not shooting anywhere near the amount of ammo, and it's a different kind of shooting. Um, but again, to, to get that mental focus clear, uh, so when you do come into these matches, uh, you know, I think the concept of not having any expectations is huge and just going out there and performing. And, and you did that. And Steve, you talked about, you mentioned, you know, you got to put eight stages together and not have a train wreck. Well, you know me, I'm a data nerd. And uh, I did an analysis of her rimfire of Bridget's rimfire rifle uh, match. And um, I asked the girls and they kind of knew it. I'll ask you and I'll explain it to the users. Do you know what the standard deviation represents? in a set of numbers? Steve? Yes, I do, Jeff. Okay, so you want to explain it or would you like me to explain it? Go ahead, Jeff, you're on a roll. <laughs> well, I know, I don't want to get too nerdy here, but it's basically the variance against the average. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a number that comes up and it's a variance against the average. Here's the real telling piece when you talk about not having a train wreck of her scores that went into her actual time. So we got to, you know, get rid of the throwaway. Six of the eight stages had a variance of less than a 10th of a second. Wow. Now that's huge consistency. And the other two stages only had variances of 0.11 and 0.12. And, you know, this is something I preach um, I did not go in and pull the, pull the match into practice score competitor, but I'll bet if we go in there, uh, and maybe Bridget, you know, do you know actually how many extra shots you may have taken into score? I'm betting it can't be more than one or two, if that. That's probably right. Yeah. And, you know, Steve, I know you preach it and I preach it. Makeups kill you when it comes to trying to put down your best times. And this is, this is just more proof to the, to that concept that, you know, go one for one. What do you think? Can I back up real, can I back up real briefly to the practice um, leading sure. up to the match? So when, when you ladies were talking about you shoot, um, you know, maybe three stages and 10 mags and so on and so forth, how many days a week would you say that you're practicing? Only two days. Two days? Okay. And approximately, because I, I, these are the type of questions I get all the time, so it's always great to hear somebody else's perspective. So how many rounds would you say that you shoot in a week each? She's doing math in her head. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you if you asked her dad, he, he would know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's, 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 let's make it simple. 10 mags, 10 rounds a mag. That's a hundred rounds. Mm -hmm. And how many guns per practice? Four. Four and then three. Four and then three. So you're talking 700 rounds a week in practice across seven guns. Yes, sir. So if you do that twice, right? So that's 1400. No, four and then three, they do four one day oh, and three the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I'm there. I'm with you. Now, something I've found in, in my own practices, if you are 
like in the first five mags, if you feel you're right there, do you continue on and shoot the next five? Or do you say, I'm right where I need to be. I don't need to do anymore. I, I keep pushing to see how far I can go. Okay. I do the same thing. Okay. And when you're into that last two mags of the last gun, you know, you're on rounds 380, 390, and 390 to 400. Are you doing anything different? Are, you know, I mean, that's a lot of rounds. You know, I always tell people, yeah, we go out and shoot 200 rounds in a steel challenge match. Uh, but you go up there and shoot for, you know, anywhere from 10 to 12 seconds in, in your case. Uh, actually, all of them were less than 10 with that 979 out in our limits. But then you're sitting for a half an hour. So you've got a break and, you, and you've got a chance. How do you how do you manage the aspect that, you know, you're you're finishing up a 400 round day? And is it just a mental thing or, you know, are you doing jumping jacks, getting ready? What, what is it? Or you just say, hey, listen, I got to do this and you just get it done. Well, since it's both of us practicing, we do get to take breaks. But also, like when we first started practicing this much, I did have a hard time because I was getting tired. But then I just worked on it and I try to keep myself I guess I was trying to not get tired, but it's not just physically tired, but mentally too. Mm -hmm. So really it was just the drive that I want to get better is what helped me. Yeah, I would say the same thing. It gets, after doing it for so long for us anyways, it got to the point where the physical tiredness wasn't as much of a problem as the mental tiredness. Cause you're just, especially whenever it's hot and the sun's beating down on you, it just, you get so mentally exhausted so much faster but it essentially ends up helping us that like worlds where you're out there every day and it's hot and sometimes three to four days straight, you're just out there at the range all day. So it really does help us on matches like that to not get tired at all. Well, that's excellent. And Steve, this is something that you and I have talked about and you've professed for a long time that so much of this game has a mental aspect to it than it, done just as, than it does just a physical aspect to it. Yeah, 100%. You, you got to get your gear to, to work, you know, have the right ammo and the right equipment. And, you know, there is some technique involved for sure. But once you get past that, it's really all about uh, the mental side, at least for me. So, Emily, going into 2021, what are your goals by the end of this year? What are your shooting goals for this year? I want to be... I plan on trying to get top lady and carry optics at Worlds. That's my biggest one because I just love shooting carry optics a lot. And that would be sure. Then I want to get into the 50s with all of my rifles, actually, with PCCs and fire rifles. And then I want to get into the 60s with my RFPO. Awesome. And again, I apologize. I don't have the number in front of me. Um, but I thought at the Florida match, you shot a low 70, like a 70 point something, a rimfire pistol open. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Oh, that's awesome. Is that your best match you've shot with your rimfire pistol open ever? Yes, sir. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, we've actually, yeah. let's, let's hold on that for a second, Steve, because I like your line of uh, uh, questioning here. But, why don't, you know, we have, we've talked about equipment. Um, why don't you girls just give a quick rundown, Emily, start out, um, 
what guns are you using for each of the divisions? For our carry optics in production, we both run a Glock 34 Gen 5. For rimfire pistols, we both have six inch barrel scorpions. And then with rimfire rifles, it's Taxol barrels, <laughs> Ruger receivers, Magpul stock, well, quartz and triggers, right? Yeah. With JP, it's EMR 15 ultralights. All right. Well, that's, you know, that's really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you shared what you're doing with the, the rimfire rifle, because that actually goes into something Steve and I talked about in that you don't just have a stock rifle and you've put together the pieces and parts that you felt best served your needs, which is a beautiful thing you can do in this game. And, and we talked about that, that, you know, you can start out with a stock gun, improve it with parts and get different things. You don't have to go right into a top of the line gun. So that's great. Thank you for that. All right, Steve, appreciate the sidebar. All right, back at it. Uh, the JP rifles, you, now I think at one point in time, both of you were sharing a gun. Now you each have a, a JP, is that correct? Or am I remembering that correctly? That's right. Yeah. So Bridget, what else are you, you're shooting pretty much the same setup as your sister? The exact same. Okay. All right. And so Bridget, what are your goals for this, this year? I want to get into the fifties with all four rifles and try to get my RFPI consistently in the seventies, try to get RFPO in the sixties. Nice. Nice. And so what matches have you committed to, or what are you planning on shooting? I know you got, we got the Florida match. I think you're signed up for the South Georgia match and then the world speed shoot. What else do you plan to shoot? Indiana. I'm pretty sure we're going to, we're thinking. Is that area five? five? Yes, sir. And Mississippi state. And then there's another Florida match that we are looking at for a little bit. Well, it's the 2021 Florida match. Cause one that we just shot in 2021 was actually 2020 Florida match, but yeah. Yeah. That was due to, COVID, due to COVID. Got it. So you know, Steve, I, hold on a second. Go I've got go the numbers ahead, in front of go me. Ahead. I've got the numbers in front of me. And I'm sure the girls know this, but I'm going to share it with our, our listeners. So for Bridget, her current personal bests add up to a 65-15 in PCCCI. So she's got five seconds to take off on that, a little over five. PCCO, she's at a 6280. Let's see, RFRO, well, she's already done that. Then you shot off, what was it, a 59.55? Her current personal bests is a 58.55. I mean, she's amazing. She said four personal bests. That's huge. Now, get this her rimfire rifle iron personal bests are at a dead, she's smiling because she knows it. It's at an even 60. <laughs> wow, that's great. Now for Emily, okay, let me switch over here. PCCI, 6605. PCCO, 6187. RFRI, 60.03. 
and her RFRO personal best is a 59.82. So you've done it with your you've you've put together every stage to get there. You just got to put together in a match. And uh, uh, I'm not a betting man, but if I were to if I were, I'd be I'd be putting some money on the fact that you're going to get that this year. All right, Steve. Sidebar number two done. Back to you. <laughs> Jeff, I'm getting old. I can't remember where I was going. <laughs> no, I just think that, you know, we talked a little bit about it, I don't know, like nine months or so ago when we put together the article for Front Sight Magazine. But it, I think it may be good for our listeners to hear, you know, a little bit about uh, briefly the journey. But w- how do we encourage new shooters to get into the sport and say, hey, you know what? Um, how do we get more people involved in SEAL Challenge or Rimfire Challenge or even USPSA? What do you think, ladies? What do you think we need to do as an organization or individual competitors? Or, you know, how do we continue to grow participation? When we have people at the range who come and watch our local matches, usually they don't want to shoot because they're intimidated by the fact that they don't think they can get in the top like 10 spots. So we always tell them to worry about their own times at first until they start to get better and then they start to compete against other people that they want to. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Also just reaching out and not being afraid to invite people, even if it's not to a match, just to their range, set up some seal and shoot with you. And then maybe after they shoot with you some, they'll want to go to a match with you and start getting into competing. I think it's just not being afraid to reach out and to invite new people and show them what it's about. Show them that there's nothing to be afraid of and that they're just there for themselves and have fun. Yeah, for some for some reason, a lot of people are intimidated by shooting, but, you know, you never want to show up to a range and not want to shoot because uh, I can't tell you how many people that have been at a local match like, hey, what do you what do you do Oh, just. Well, come on up. Let's uh, here's some gun. Here's a gun and here's some ammo. Let's let's try it out. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. That's a great way of getting people in, involved in the support. You know, I'll add to Steve that one of the things when I ever have people, you know, at the WAC coming up and you know just watching the match, and you talked about Steel Challenge. And of course, everybody sees smoke and hope and they see these giant plates or they see roundabout and they're close and they're like, you know, well, what are you going to shoot? And they'll, oh, I've got a Glock or I've got a Smith and Wesson or, or that. And I immediately turn to them and go, do you have a 22? And do you have a dot? And you will come out and you will enjoy the game more with those guns and learn the game with those guns because it's fun to hit stuff and you're going to hit stuff more. You know, Smoke and Hope is one of those with a centerfire pistol, a new shooter might have a little trouble in the stop plate, but it's more than likely going to hit the four big plates. They're only seven and yards, nine yards away. But when they get the pendulum and by plate two, they've emptied a mag because it's a 10 inch plate, at 18 yards, it gets demoralizing. And so I always recommend to people get your, you know, if you have a 22 Ruger, throw it keep dot on a Ruger and just come out and have fun with it and see if the game, like we've talked about in the past, see if the game is right for you. And um, more times than not, you see those same people come back and they actually thank you for saying, I had a lot of fun with a 22. And they, and of course now with the ammo shortage matches are, are 
even more and more focused on the 22 because the people have that ammo thanks to some really good distributors we all know hint hint nudge nudge <laughs> Steve. yeah uh, i think we know jeff <laughs> <laughs> hey a winks is not as a good uh so, wink is good as a nod to a blind man so that's right that's right so bridget or emily question to either of you what is one question that nobody's asked you yet that you've always wanted to answer, whether it's on this type of podcast or an article or something you'd want to share that nobody's asked you about yet? I'm going to have to think about this for a second. <laughs> I know. My- Jeff was asking all the easy questions. Mine was because I'm a good host, Steve. You're the tough guy. I'm the nice guy. (laughs) Mine would probably be what do you hope to see for female shooters in the future of the sport? And honestly, it's just that we don't have to worry about being looked at differently because that we're female, you know? I think it's a little bit more difficult for females to come up into the ranks just as being a talented shooter alone and acting like a guy because you know you it's really easy to gain followers and stuff if you're a female if you just pose with guns and model and stuff like that but it can really show to be a lot harder if you're just there for to show your talent and to shoot and have fun and I really want a world where no girl has to go into the shooting world and be afraid that she's not going to get the support that she feels like she deserves because of how she looks. Like even uh, I was looking at some of the NRA posts and things like that about best female shooters a few weeks ago. And one thing that I always saw on every comment section of articles was, oh, I love this female shooter because she's really hot or she has good photos and stuff like that. I want a world in this community where we don't have to worry about seeing that, where we're just I mean, we're the same as guys, you know? I just, I want us to be like that and not have to worry about all those things and being looked at like that. Hey, Emily, some of you are better than the guys. So, you know, don't forget that either. <laughs> yeah, I had to talk to, uh, to Jeff for at least two hours after all that. Jeff, it's going to be okay. You got to be secure with who you are. Oh, no. I... Your age. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm the old guy. I'm just a, I'm just a big mouth and, and, and I have fun and go out there and do my best. I have no expectations. Uh, I just, I mean, I've met so many great people through this game. And I think that's something that Bridget, you were talking about with, with people coming back and you, and you get to know people more than just their shooting. You get to meet them on a personal level and, and you get to have fun, you know, and I knew, I'll tell you a little story and I may have shared this, uh, but at the world speed shoot, I had my baby Yoda with me as my official mascot for the match. And I walked back to my cart and he was gone. And then I looked over and he was on the Cunningham's cart. It wasn't me, I promise. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of knew at that point that, you know, okay, 
these girls are okay, you know. And it might have been David. I don't know. It's it's they're they're both they're not quite pointing at him off screen, but uh, you know. <laughs> but I mean, that's 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 part of it. I mean, yes, we all want to win. We wouldn't be in this game if we didn't want to win. But you can have so much fun, and and I really like what you said too about how you really can just shoot against yourself, and you know. Granted, yes, you've had some accomplishments as of late that are fantastic, and I'm super happy for you. But coming up into the ranks, you could, you, I guarantee you, there was a day where you shot the best you shot, and you still got beat, and you went home happy because you shot great. Am I right? Yes, sir. And so it's not always about that number one spot. It's about how was your performance? And I, you know, again, I really like to hear the concept because Bridget, I think you saw a mental breakdown of mine at Georgia last year. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my best not to do that anymore. And, you know, uh, you can have a bad string and you got to throw it out. And, uh, so I'm going to take a book out of uh, your pages and, you know, try to maintain that mental focus. And, you know, I, I think, um, Emily, your, your comments and uh, thoughts about, you know, um, women in the shooting sports and guys in the shooting sports and all that kind of stuff, I, I think your response was well thought out and a very valid point, and that's been an issue in the shooting community or the gun industry for a long period of time. You know, there's a term called gun bunnies, which, you know, People wanted to sponsor people that, you know, may have could shoot a gun, but maybe not all that well. And, uh, you know, based on how tight their clothes were or all that kind of stuff, um, you know, they get sponsorship and money and, and that kind of jazz. But I, I, th- I think what I'm proud of in terms of the sport is if you look at some of the top female shooters that we've seen, let's talk specifically about Steel Challenge. Yeah, they uh, most of the ladies in Steel Challenge wear all their clothes and are appropriately dressed, which is a good thing. And I think some of the top shooters, um, you know, both on the female side as well as the male side, you know, they conduct themselves in a professional fashion. And the good part about where you two ladies are at, you know, if you just look at your growth and develop in the last 12 months, because I know you both worked extremely hard to get to where you're at, is now whether you know it or not now you're becoming the role models and you're the top female um, shooters let alone junior shooters or what have you in steel challenge and now you're the people that um, are being looked up to and and hopefully the rest of the community outside of the immediate you know people that have a uspsa number that go to shoot these matches will recognize and appreciate that and understand that so yeah, I think that there's still some work to do. I think it's been a little bit less in the short five, six years I've been doing this on a pretty competitive level. We've seen at SHOT Show a lot of the gun bunny stuff go away. I know SHOT Show has kind of gone away in the last year, but um, hopefully it becomes a little bit more sensible and people get credit for what their accomplishments are out on the range um, compared to you know what they're wearing or not wearing, so to speak. And you know, one of the things that Larry and I are really proud of, we were talking about the other night, um, you know, because once I saw the scores and I got a phone call or two, and that's why I called you ladies is, you know, we want to celebrate your accomplishments, but 
and as well as the rest of the team. And, you know, we do, we are fortunate to have some of the fastest shooters in all steel challenge, both from the, you know, the male side, junior side, um, senior Sen- side, senior side. Yeah. Don't forget us seniors. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry, Jeff. You weren't going to let me, <laughs> but, but that's part of it. We, we think that we have the best team in all shooting sports because of the quality of the people. And, and so to hear the response that you gave gets me all choked up inside because that's what we need more people like, like you, you know, both of you, you girls in this sport to take it to a whole nother level. Unfortunately, um, you know, some people have taken the wrong path in terms of marketing and this and that. And, and I don't mind sharing this story with you. Uh, Larry and I have been on this journey together right after he started Seal Target Paint back when the novel didn't go forward. It went up and we had uh, somebody, I won't get into any sort of names, um, they were a distributor for, for Larry. And hopefully he doesn't mind me telling the story because I'm not going to use names. But they sent some pictures of two young ladies not wearing a lot of clothes posing with steel target pain. And I told them, I said, look, you know, that's not what, that's not what I signed up for. And that's not what we're all about. And he's like, absolutely right. This is a family organization. It's a family team. And you know, if that's what it takes to sell paint, we're, we're not going to do it. And if that's what it takes to attract, attract people, that's not the right type of attention to what we're looking for. And so, you know, it, it's, and I haven't shared that story outside of Larry and I had this conversation probably five, six years ago. And, you know, that's the type of integrity and quality of people that, that we, uh, that we look for and especially in the support. So, yeah, I think we've come a ways, but I think there's still a long ways, a long ways to go for sure. Well, you know, I want to share something too. I just pulled the numbers up for the Georgia match that we're all going to be at. And I think this is, very telling in the involvement of the sport, 20% of the guns, because I can't do it by person, but 20% of the guns are registered to lady shooters. I think that's amazing. And I hope to see that number continue to grow. Um, and part of that is just because it, it adds a different dimension you know, I mean, I, I can still remember the first time I met the Cunningham family and they were just very nice and just personable and, and willing to talk. And they're the exact kind of ambassadors that uh, the sports needs. Thank you, girls. Thank you. Thank you. She's blushing. I can see it, Steve. Oh, my God. No, Emily's got this smile like ear to ear. It's great. You, you got to watch the video when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> will do. Will do for sure. All right. Well, girls, is there anything else you'd like to share uh, before we end this podcast? Just your general any any general thoughts? Mm-hmm. No, sir. No. Okay. <laughs> I think you shared well, some really, the, really good points during the co- podcast. Thank you. And, and before we close, I just want to make sure that, you know, Bridget and Emily, Larry and I really appreciate having you on the team. I know you've been on the team just over a year now, and um, we're ecstatic at your level of accomplish, accomplishments. But first and foremost, 
the reason why we wanted you to have a, on the team is because we felt like you were great ambassadors to the Second Amendment, and you are great people on and off the range. And so to have amazing people is number one, and just to be amazing shooters is just a bonus. So thank you so much for what you do for Steel Target Paint, and thank you so much um, for everything that you do, and congratulations on your amazing accomplishments. I can't wait to see what you're going to do here in the next uh, – next few months in 2021 and thank you for taking your time to spend uh spend with jeff and myself on the podcast i second every emotion he just gave out there thank you all all right well thanks everybody it was a good podcast and like i said uh, this is going to be the video version of it will be on the rangestore.net youtube channel uh as soon as i can get it downloaded so thanks everybody for listening bye-bye